In the year 2050, the 13 white ships of the subaltern constellation arrived in Earth orbit. In response, Earth's governments launched their entire nuclear arsenal. The constellation was destroyed and the atmosphere was poisoned. Twelve terror engines fell to Earth and are now the only power sources capable of supporting civilization. In 2113, the Earth is a wasteland. The only people who live away from the terror engines are mutants, bandits, and the ego drivers who battle the inevitable. When the world is your enemy, the only thing you can fight for is yourself. Welcome to Tabletop Garden, an actual play podcast where we collaborate on short, self-contained stories about interesting characters, and we do it with an agenda. With us today is Jim. Greetings, I'm Jim. I am a writer and podcaster and streamer recently. Uh, My pronouns are he, him, and you can find me online at twitch.tv slash otherdoc, that's O-T-H-E-R-D-O-C, and jimyesthatjim.com. Lucy. Hi, I'm Lucy. I'm a teacher and a writer. My pronouns are she, her, and I blog online at intertextualities.wordpress.com. Ben? Hi, I'm Ben. I'm an engineer. My pronouns are he and him, and you can find me online at orangevoodoo at yahoo.com. And Zoe? Hello, I'm Zoe. I work in renewable energy You can find me online very occasionally at FeetBird on Instagram, F-E-E-T-B-I-R-D. And my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Gregory Avery Weir. I'm a game developer and your host. My pronouns are they, them, and you can find me at GregoryWeir at Mastodon.social or via email at Gregory at Tabletop.garden. You can support the work I do at Patreon.com slash GregoryAveryWeir. Is everyone familiar with the concept of the X card? No. All right. Well, the X card is a way for us to, if we run into anything that you don't want to play, if something comes up, if something's added to the world you're uncomfortable with for any reason, whether it's just distaste or anything, then you can just say X card or let's X card that, and we'll just immediately edit it out. We'll just pretend that it was never added and you don't have to justify yourself we don't need to discuss it we'll just move on with a different plan so that's just to keep us safe keep us happy keep us having a rewarding experience awesome today we will be playing ego driver it's a uh campaign that is i guess post-apocalyptic vehicular combat using the big eyes small mouth third edition system we'll be talking about the system a little more uh amongst ourselves but it's created uh, by Guardians of Order, and now owned by White Wolf, and it's designed for supporting anime uh, games. But the reason we're using it for this is because it's got an incredibly, perhaps overly detailed item and vehicle system. As always, our agenda will be to honestly portray diverse characters, pursue healthy play practices, and craft story with social responsibility. Additionally, for this campaign, we, will, we have a specific agenda. Uh, the first item is save yourself. The world is your enemy. Be ruthless. Even your allies are expendable if it means fighting for another sunrise. Make it look good. Be dramatic and cinematic. Never do anything boring when you could go over the top instead. And live like you're dying. Don't be afraid of failure. You're not going to last long anyway, so don't waste a second being cautious. So, uh, you have each created characters, and uh, each of you have a tie to the world in some way that's going to come up during play, Uh, but we can let those be a mystery for now. And on a brief note, we had some issues with Zoe's recording this session, 
but we've got it worked out for future sessions, so sorry about that, and bear with us. We open on a dusty road in the middle of the wasteland, surrounded by crags of rock sticking up out of the ground. There's a roadrunner on the blacktop that's cracked and dusty, and there's something wrong with its wings. They're twisted or, or deformed in some way from the radiation. It's surrounded by a group of snakes, various sizes and species, one of which is two-headed, and they're making snaps and lunges at the, at the roadrunner, and it seems like it's just about done for. And then we hear a growing roar in the distance, and a hawk with five eyes suddenly swoops down and plucks the two-headed snake up off of the ground. That leaves an opening, and the roadrunner darts away, and an instant later, the snakes vanish beneath the tires of a speeding car. We pan up to the driver's seat of the car, where there's a man in a black leather jacket with a whole lot of extra buckles and zippers on it than is truly necessary. And the man is saying, fuck, 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 fuck. And Ben, how do you attack this man? A rumbling monstrosity barrels down at a speed you would not think safe for something clearly designed to travel underground. As a mole machine manages to careen along with the rest of the vehicles, additional armor plating threatening to shake off of it at the speeds it's moving at. As the one of the side panels unrolls, an old man with shoulder-length blonde hair pulled back in a, with a ball cap leans out, smiling nervously as he lights a uh, stick of dynamite off the cigarette in his mouth before tossing it enjoyedly in front of the car he's next to. Hey! You left this on the road! All right. I will roll defense combat value. So for each attack, you're all going to be rolling your attack, which is based on your attack combat value and any modifiers that show up from attributes and, and your weapon. And then the defender rolls uh, their defense combat value, and you are trying to get higher than their um, higher or equal to. If the target roll is equal to or higher than the target, the task will succeed. Yeah, attacker wins ties. Okay. So uh, you toss this, this explosive right in front of the tires of the car. Uh, it explodes, just engulfing the car in, in a fireball. And uh, there's a loud scream. And this character's armor is nowhere near enough to, to take all of that damage. And so what emerges from the other side of this explosion is just a single tire on fire rolling down the, the road beside your vehicle for a moment before it settles to the ground. <laughs> we slide back and we see another car, similar make and model uh, as, the, as the first Raiders. It's kind of beat up, clearly has been modified and, and improved and maintained over decades, these these cars were made long, long ago. And uh, someone in a very similar outfit uh, is driving and, and looking very nervous as Vake comes close to them. Uh, the car that they are driving, is it like a sedan or a race car or what kind of a vehicle? It is a sedan. It's, it's sort of, it's not like a fancy muscle car, but it's like the cheap muscle car that like like the cheap car that kind of looks cool doesn't necessarily have a nice engine inside of it a extremely bizarre looking vehicle sort of suddenly slides out of one of the dust clouds and it's basically a mini tank but it's sort of composed of sort of a series of interlocking shells like metal looking shells it was very difficult to see before it got up behind this car and uh, suddenly the aperture pops open on top of the weird looking vehicle and a figure comes out of the top of it and it really looks like a mummy. Uh, it's just a figure sort of shrouded in dirty 
looking linens and uh, materials all around their body, including their face, except for also a sort of giant pair of goggles that are very dark uh, on this person's head. And uh, they get their balance on top of the tank, hold up their hand, and uh, there's a pole, which is maybe about three feet long. They hold it up. It snaps to probably twice that length in size. They basically gesture toward the ground. The pole kind of, it's like an Olympic sport situation. The pole hits the ground and they flip acrobatically through the air to land with a Batman-like thud on the hood of the sedan. Uh, So it's kind of like a one of those fast-moving mu- mummies. I'm pretty sure there's a, m- a movie that I could <laughs> reference here. Are you doing a leaping attack here? I would like very much to do that. Uh-oh. All right. So so in this case, you missed. Uh, you rolled a 10, and they rolled a 13. So because you were doing a leaping attack, your miss means you're thrown off for a bit. So you're at a, I think it's minus 3. I'm at a minus 3 for defense. To defend. So you come down with this pole, and as you're landing, the... Raider turns his wheel and is like weaving left and right and you're thrown off as your foot hits the it hits the hood and you're able to sprawl and kind of not fall off of the car but you're now clinging to the hood of a car that's swerving left and right. Strangely, their little tank is just continuing on perfectly well, not going off the road, it's keeping pace. It doesn't seem to be acting like you'd expect for a car that would has just lost its driver. It, to be clear, I am clinging to the hood of this vehicle. Yes, you're clinging to the hood of the enemy's car. Yes, okay. Uh, we move back down the road behind this pair of vehicles, and we see another raider who is cocking a shotgun. Karloff, you are chasing a third raider. Seeing what just happened, and that uh, Vake is now clinging to the hood of, uh, of the car of another raider, I just sort of am like, ah, we haven't got time for this. As I and I'm, I quickly sort of uh, turn on a little targeting system inside my vehicle, which is basically a a big sort of black painted converted converted Humvee uh, with skulls painted all over it as well. As uh, you look in through the window, you see a heavily scarred gentleman in a uh, flapping leather overcoat. Um, he has a mechanical arm. He's wearing uh, he's wearing shades. With his uh, free hand, he reaches down, and uh, you see these little red crosshairs center on the vehicle immediately in front of him. And he presses a button, turning the wheel sharply to the left as he does so to uh, start heading toward the uh, the other raider that is giving Vake a problem. But in so doing, he has targeted the uh, the one he was chasing with uh, a magnetic mine that is going to shoot out from it and uh, attempt to cling to the uh, that vehicle. And so I guess I should probably roll the thing in order to determine if that happens or not. Yeah. Wow. All right. You rolled a 22 and they rolled a six. Uh, so <laughs> Wow. You beat by more than 12. So your final damage on this is doubled and you are already doing an enormous amount of damage. So this, for this little metal projectile, the spherical projectile, fires out uh, from underneath the Humvee, um, and it just sort of goes me 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 homes in, just locks onto the uh, the underside of the vehicle, and uh, after a few seconds, it detonates. And there's just this enormous shower of metal and flame and uh, smoke and probably more than a few body parts fountaining up into the air as that uh, that raider's car is completely destroyed. Further back, another raider in a car is watching this and going, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, uh, and looks in her rearview mirror to see Comet pulling up. So uh, with the windshield wipers on, perhaps uh, wiping off a quarter of an arm or whatever happens to have blown downstream. We see a maybe used to be white, uh, but a a light colored um, late model Volvo that's been heavily modified with uh, some off-road tires lifted 
uh, ram bar and then a, a light rail on top and uh, painted to crudely resemble an ambulance, uh, complete with a loudspeaker uh, mounted on top that's currently, uh, you can hear, wee-oo, 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 but it's not an actual siren, it's just a person making that sound uh, inside the car. <laughs> so if, yeah, if you guys were to look in your rearview mirrors, you'd see a, a, a petite uh, young woman with sort of scraggly, wispy, pink-dyed hair cut into a mullet, big celebrity sunglasses, and a way-too-large denim jacket, uh, sort of grinning, a, a toothy smile um, with a, a mixture of adult and baby teeth. And in this car, uh, I think we really have got to save the best for first. Um, I'm gonna try to get this uh, this raider with my lance weapon. All right. So when I'm about you know 20 feet away or something like that, I'm gonna try to stab into the back of the car with this lance on winch. That's an 18. Oh boy. And the defense is a 14. So is this like coming out of a harpoon gun? This is coming out of a harpoon gun uh, mounted on the uh, the hood of the car um, with a winch attached to it. I guess it, it I guess it hits into hopefully a, a passenger compartment of some sort. Uh, it should be at about that level. And upon hitting, I guess the car is tangled. Excellent. The lance is attached to a, a cable. And the car in front of me now can't go as fast if there's any car left. That uh, lance punches straight through the back window and straight through the driver. Who... Cool coughs up uh, a fountain of blood and slumps forward onto the steering wheel and the car starts to to list off to one side with that cable still attached to it and still attached to the to the launcher on on your vehicle fun all right uh you have handily taken out most of these raiders except for one but behind you there are more there are four more of these Raider cars running along the road, not in formation, but sort of in a block. And then behind them is a much fancier car. This one actually was a hot rod. It's well-maintained, if clearly kind of patched together still. The parts have been replaced, but very carefully color-matched and, and molded to look like they belong. It's bright red, and it has something attached to the back trunk some sort of electronic device that has uh, some lenses and and mechanisms on it and at the wheel of this car is a man who is wearing a different outfit than the than the rest of this group he's not wearing the kind of the standard uniform of the jacko gang he's instead in a red leather jacket um, with a with a zipper on it and a high collar and uh, he shouts out, you better leave while you can, as he uh, guns his car into higher speed and uh, is following up his raider underlings. So uh, it is now the raider's turn. The raider who has, uh, who has Vake on his hood takes that shotgun that he was cocking and leans out of his uh, driver's side window so that he's uh, not having to fire through his own uh, windscreen and uh, takes a bead on Vake and fires. And you're also at a minus one minus uh, because it's a shotgun, the shotgun is spreading. Oh, and a minus three from defending. Yeah. So that's... Um, the raider rolled a 15 to hit you. Um, you rolled a 12 minus 4 is 8. He didn't crit, but he did do 29 damage. Now you have you have a force field on you. What is it generated by, and what does it look like when it gets hit? Uh, it's technologically generated, so it's run off of uh, a little uh, device that's attached on a belt, but that's not visible due to all of the uh, flapping material. Uh, and when it gets hit, <laughs> it I mean, it looks like static. The, I guess, buckshot bounces o over it, and it kind of goes, and um, sparks fly off of it, and a static sound. Uh, well, I don't think this would be, this will be more of a um, 
cinematic moment than something that any of the other PCs would hear. But Vake says to them, bring it. Cool. So your force field has dropped a little bit to 16. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the pellets bounce off of whatever armor you've got under those tattered rags. You do have armor on you and not just the car, right? Let's see. Okay, so you do not have personal armor, right? Correct. All right, so nine of the 29 damage from the shotgun goes through and hits you personally. So that gives me one CP, I think, to spend. All right, so... Vake has something called damage conversion, which means that uh, when they take damage, they are uh, they get character points that they can then spend on stuff that makes them better. Because if I can wait, I'll probably wait until my next turn to decide how I want to spend it. Yeah, you can wait. Okay. The front two cars of the four uh, regular raiders are going to try and uh, overtake and pull past Comet's ambulance. Um, they seem to be getting trying to get to the cars ahead of you. Um, and they've each rolled driving and have gotten a 14 and a 15, including their specializations. Um, so roll. do you want to stop them? Yes, I would love to stop them by going faster. All right, so roll me your driving. It should be on your sheet. It's under skills. Oh, yeah, handily. I got a 20. So they uh, pull up, but you're able to kind of stay ahead of them um, and not let them get past you. Uh, and uh, in frustration, they, they both, uh, their side windows have long since been broken. Um, and so they, uh, they aim their, their shotguns out the side of, the, of each of their cars, um, one of them across the passenger side, uh, and shoot at you. Um, so the first one is going to shoot just in general. And I just roll regular DCV. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, so they fire, and you're able to, as part of the jockeying for position, you you swerve, and their shot just goes wild. The other raider is going to try and shoot also. Roll very low. I'm not even sure you can roll this low on your defense. So that's an 8 from the second raider, and you rolled a 14. So that, that shot also goes wide. Oh, uh, something to note, do you, you don't have extra defenses, do you? No, I don't. Okay. So each time you defend in a turn, your roll drops by one. Okay. So you, you rolled a 14, but that was a 13, and uh, you've got two more that are coming up on your tail, moving to try and wear you down, because there's only just there's only so much swerving and attention you can pay to multiple attackers um, mm -hmm. in in a short amount of time. Uh, so each of them are also going to shoot at you. Uh, the first one rolls another eight. Uh, so you're this is your second attack. So you're at a minus two. So you rolled a nine. Um, uh huh. You just barely avoid getting hurt by that. And the fourth raider that's that's shooting. You just got like shotguns going off all around you at this time. Uh, Vake. There is someone making loud siren noises and then a whole lot of loud explosions coming from behind <laughs> you on the on the highway. I'm trying to find a meditative state. Clinging to the top of this car <laughs> with a shotgun aimed at me. If you can meditate under circumstances like that, you can meditate anywhere. I can't. I can't meditate under circumstances like that. <laughs> The final raider attacks with a nine on Comet, and Comet rolls an 18, which ends up being a 15, which is still high enough. So you're just hearing these, you're swerving out of the way of these blasts. Some of them are kind of catching you in, in non-damaging ways uh, as pellets bounce off of you, and you're still dragging this extra car behind you uh, with its, <laughs> with your lance, which is stuck through its driver. And in the back of all of this, we've still got the person in the red car who fiddles with something uh, on his dash, uh, and the front grill of his car slides down, and coming out of that grill is a very large machine gun. Uh, it looks like it was once like a crew-fed machine gun, but it's been repurposed into something that, that's automatic, run by the car, and shooting down the road between his allies, uh, he just opens fire with this machine gun at the back of Comet's car. And that is a 17 to hit, 
and you rolled a 14. Which Definitely is, fails. Let's see. How much does it fail by? So you, this is the fifth attack you've defended against. So it's at a minus four. So you're at a 10. So he beat you by seven, uh, which means that because this is an auto fire weapon, it hits you three times. So that's 35. And I'm going to, especially since all of your armor is so high, I'm going to assume that this is all, that when it hits multiple times, they add together for purposes of armor. Um, so Makes that would sense. be 105 damage, hammering into the back of your ambulance. So I think that I don't have that much, that yes. many hit points. I oh, think yeah. I'm at so negative got, one. Yep. So you've got 34 armor, and your HP is not quite high enough. Um, so, I think that I I set up my my weapons are too much and my HP is not enough. Uh, you got relatively low armor for this group. How about something cinematic? She angles the car that that she's tethered to to take some of the damage. I know it's out of turn, but it's cinematic. As this machine gun spray passes over your car the first kind of burst of it hits the chain that's connecting your lance to the vehicle and snaps it in two and this dead car finally gives up the the ghost and and turns sideways enough that it starts tumbling and one of the raiders has to kind of swerve aside and pull back as it goes rolling off to the side of the of the road and only two of those shots hit you, All right. uh, which would be a total of 70, which would be reduced by your armor. So that would be your armor's 34. 46 points of damage. No, 36. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's better. As this car tumbles away, is Comet actually hit by any of these bullets or is it just damaging your car? Um, I mean, it's coming from behind, and I, I don't have any roll the windows down stuff. Um, I could, I could take, take a bullet or two in the shoulder, I guess, but I think most of it's absorbed by the car. All right, so we see uh, several bullets uh, rip through Comet's shoulders, and then other kind of important-looking stuff is getting busted up behind her, and that car. That, that she destroyed uh, rolls off the side of the of the road and we see for a moment that gang lieutenant in the back grinning uh, as he guns his car and then we cut away to a desk on which a folder is sitting uh, and someone opens the folder and at the top as a heading is the Jacko gang and then there's a picture of that lieutenant and below it is codename beat it <laughs> oh no it isn't and then we are back to jones ben what do you do so a uh, question about the road yes are we fundamentally on a straightaway is the road doing some weaving back and forth this area is pretty flat so the road's pretty straight it it sort of has some very gentle curves to it on either side of the road there are these stone spires and and big stone chunks of rock um, that are heavily eroded. But this road itself is an old world road, and it's just continuing on for a while. Looking over, it looks like Vake is having fun over on the car there. So I'm going to pull off and slow down a little bit. So I'm probably more in line with somewhere right between Karlov and Comet. So you're kind of just off uh, Comet's passenger side, just in front. Yeah, I figure passenger side, that way in case... Comet wishes to unroll the window and, and yell something at people. That works, too. I will uh, fiddle with one of the dials, and the machine makes a, a very angry black cough as something gets turned on, and uh, a billow of black smoke starts pouring out the back of the engine. As I will use environmental influence smoke to create a smoke cloud. All right. This probably has a similar effect to like a sensory block. Some people might also have that as a as a power. What what size of cloud is this going to be doing, or is it just kind of a, a, a column of, of smoke behind you? It's mostly just the column. I mean, it's 
10 meter 10 meter area so the raider that is flanking comet's passenger side is now just completely obscured in in smoke and the one kind of back into the to her right is unable to see much out, out in front of them thanks to the smoke That'll work. That should give a little bit of cover. Now, Vake, uh, you are on the hood of the car of, of the Raider that's beside your tank, which is still driving along just fine. So you, you have the easily distracted defect. Mm-hmm. Is this is the noise that's going on back there with the... Is, is Well, I guess I should ask, is Comet still making siren noises? Probably after uh, taking a hit, she turns off her speaker. So you've, you've got a little bit of peace, Vake. What do you do? Okay, yes, it is slightly less problematic with the siren um, under control. I can see we're going to have to have a conversation (laughs) at some point. What I would like to do is Dukes of Hazard style slide through um, a window, somehow get into the car. So the driver was leaning out the driver's sides, and I, I think I've said that the side windows are they're not bothering to fix. So you can definitely clamber around and slide in the passenger window. That sounds ideal. My overarching goal here is to slide through that window and then hit them about the face and torso and, ma- and make them stop with the gun. Okay. So you're using your pole? Yes. I have rolled an attack of 15. And he rolls a 10. And uh, since your pole is flexible, that's even lower than that would be. But it doesn't matter in this case. It's not going to be quite high enough to crit. But you do do 36 damage. And while I am pummeling them with my pole, I'm saying, Every time you hit him and, and hush him, uh, he's like going, Ow! Ah! Ah! Stop! Ah! Oh, God! Oh, God! <laughs> so because you're hitting from inside his car, um, he doesn't get his car armor so he only reduces that 36 damage by four so he takes 32 so he's able to to stay to stay in the fight uh even though you you hit him pretty hard so vague is now in the passenger seat berating this driver i'm really more offering suggestions for future behavior strongly worded <laughs> requests Karloff, uh, you can kind of see this going on ahead of you. Uh, meanwhile, to your to your right, Jones's vehicle is emitting smoke, and um, you've got a whole bunch of, of other raiders behind you. Looking and seeing that Vake seems to have the vehicle ahead in hand, I'm going to then focus my attention on the vehicle that is closest. Okay. So I'm going to pull a little bit in front of it as I do so. I'm I'm looking uh, both at the road and in the rearview mirror um, as I quickly turn a uh, a little crank that that wheels the harpoon gun that I have to turn around so that it's facing the back. So the little little hatch opens in the back window so that uh, it'll uh, it's probably had like one of the little it had multiple windows at one time but now it's just sort of a thing that can be opened. I'm going to fire the harpoon gun at it and attempt to take it on a merry ride. We see a, a harpoon fly past uh, the driver's side of, of Comet's vehicle uh, as it launches towards that raider behind Karloff. All right, so that's a 15 to hit, and it will try and get out of the way and roll a 9. So no, that will absolutely hit. And that too has tangled, so it's uh, I, I'm now uh, dragging this vehicle behind me. <laughs> All right, excellent. So that's doing 52. It's reduced a bit by the armor of that car, so it only takes 32, which is still uh, a decent amount. When the harpoon stuck into the hood of his car, her car, something started bursting forth with steam, um, and an awful rattling sound is coming from it, and she's furiously shifting and trying to get her her car to function again and, and is unable to do anything this round. Excellent. And Comet, you're pretty surrounded. Uh, there's smoke to your right. There's that giant drill machine up ahead and to the right. And then Karloff has a harpooned car to your left. And there's still more cars Ooh. behind you. I'm going to fall back a little bit so that, well, just a little bit. If any of my allies are in range, I'm sorry. Oh, um, no. I'm... <laughs> I, I would mean, like to roll already... up the window. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's, a, it's an area it's an area of three which is 10 a 10 meter radius so that's not that bad okay yeah i think i can get them all out of range but i would like to maximize the number of bad dudes that i get all right so yeah i think you can get the three that are that are nearest to you one of the raiders that was following you pulled back to let that dead car pass but you can get th- mm. three of them in your cloud so i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna yell take this you fuckers and uh activate my uh well i don't have a better name for it but my energy blast stunner so i've got a some kind of future device inside my car that puts out an area um, attack that puts out a big energy blast and the targets have to make a body stat roll at a 12 or be stunned for a minute all right so uh you'll roll once and they'll each roll defense to see if they can swerve out of the range of this not a great roll but we'll see so you got a 13 so first the uh the stunned one uh does not avoid it uh the one in the cloud does not avoid it and the one kind of back behind you in the cloud who just sort of saw you suddenly pull around the cloud and then immediately this pulse come out from you also does not successfully defend wow so this this stunning energy rips through each of their cars the one who had previously been injured and, and is currently tethered to Karloff's car, electricity courses over their instruments and, and they start bleeding and, and collapse. Nosebleed? Yeah. <laughs> the other two take a decent amount of damage just from the force of this this energy, and then they have to make those rolls, and they are going to make uh, body rolls in this case. Um, so the yes. guy in the cloud rolls an 11 which fails and the uh guy behind you and to the right who's not in the cloud does succeed so he's not stunned um but you can't see what's happening but (laughs) the driver inside the cloud is is currently stunned for a while by this this force is it really a minute i think so yeah it's based on your level of incapacitating and so since your incapacitating is three uh, it lasts according to the duration table. Cool. <laughs> and it's now the raider's turn again. Vake, uh, you're at the at the front of this column, this convoy of battle, and you're sitting in the passenger seat, and you're hushing the driver. He does not seem to be getting <laughs> the message uh, as he pulls his shotgun around to, to point at you point-blank range and pulls the trigger, and it is very very loud regardless of whether it hits or not i clasp my hands to my ears and screech at him excellent so that was a 14 to hit you i rolled an eight all right so you take 29 damage pretty point blank your force field takes a decent amount of that um so it's reduced by 16 okay uh so 13 damage to you 13. And your force field drops to 12. I think I am going to go ahead and assign those points to armor. Okay. So is this, is anything like physically happening or are you just like getting angry? Well, I mean, anger, I mean, emotions are complicated. Uh, <laughs> It is more of a psychological state than it is. There's nothing technological that happens because of it. So keep track of the armor you're building up. And the car that was in the cloud, uh, probably Jones is the only one that can see this at first. Uh, It's it's drifting off to the side of the road. uh, And it's now solidly in the dusty, gravelly dirt and, and slowing down as a result of that. Is the is your stunning pulse, Zoe, is it affecting the driver or is it affecting the car? I had intended it to affect the car because it was going to be like a shorts out electronics. Okay. So this driver is, is swearing and, and hammering on his dashboard and like trying to start his car. Like even as it's still rolling, his engine is stopped uh, and he finally like hits the brakes and throws up a big cloud of gravel and, and dust and very quickly is far behind you as he's no longer at speed. The car behind Karloff just just sort of dangling there. There's a car that's kind of right off of Comet's right rear bumper. Um, it got hit by the shock, but 
it didn't get uh, disabled. And I think that it is going to try and jockey Comet's vehicle by bumping it kind of back behind its tire and try and throw you off and push you further back in the line so you're you're further away from your allies. We'll do some contested drive checks here. Ooh, so I'm just rolling drive. All right, so the Raider rolled a 14, you rolled a 20. You've both got specializations, which bump those up by one. So it bumps into you, but you're able to, to easily kind of maintain the stability of your driving and not get knocked away. Uh, the car that is behind you and to the left uh, is going to pull forward while you're, while you're busy with this um, and pull up alongside its, uh, its dead ally. And the driver of that car leans out his window and uh, points his shotgun at Karloff and fires. All right. So it got so... an 11. All right. So um, you just barely get, a, you got a 12 and the attack was an 11. So the shotgun blast goes dangerously close to to getting through your evasive maneuvers and your, your armor and so on. But while you hear the rattle of the, of the shotgun pellets, uh, you are not damaged glance back blaming now it is beat its turn he guns his engine and pulls forward a bit not really enough to to make much of a difference just to reposition for a better angle and uh, he is going to use that machine gun to spray in an arc across Karloff and Comet and Jones he's going to be at a penalty for this because he's he's using his his auto fire weapon as a spray and then Karloff has some some defense from the car behind him and that, that he's towing along and Jones has some some cover from the smoke so you're each going to have a plus one to defend uh, I think his is a minus three on his attack and then Comet you will need to roll your normal yes, defense yes I do need to roll so that attack was a roll to 13 but it's actually going to be a 10 so you're all fine. Jones got a 15, Karloff got a 12, and Comet got a 15. You hear the whizzing of those bullets going by. They might be ricocheting off of some of your less vulnerable armor, but there's no active damage. And, and he uh, says, fuck, and slams his fist on the steering wheel. Jones, you are currently trailing smoke behind you. The car that you were actively smoking out has, has gone off the road, and you've got three live raider cars around uh, one of which has a vacant side of it and uh, you've got beat it uh, rolling up on you from behind i'm not actually sure what the role on this is because i didn't build an attack for the vehicle in itself hitting somebody okay i've got a smoke cloud and somebody who's following me far closer than the appropriate braking distance will be with that poor visibility <laughs> yeah they're they're really irresponsible so i'm just gonna you know tap the brakes okay then I think this is a contested driving roll. I think your smoke is going to give them a pretty big penalty. They're probably at a minus three for this. And then I think you're just going to do crash damage to each other. The fact that you have higher armor is going to help a great deal. All right. Let's say that uh, the difference between your driving checks is going to establish the relative speed. And that will, uh, there's a table on page 157 that has the, the damage for each increment so give me a drive check <laughs> sounds good you only die once right all right so you got a 16 he got a 14 which drops to an 11 um so you beat him by five so that's we'll say that's two increments so you hit him at uh 30 kph which would do 20 damage so i think that just is absorbed by your armor yeah I think that in his case, I think that this is an attack which bypasses his car's armor. I don't think his car is designed to be able to withstand this. So I think that damage will, will translate directly to him. He does not have enough health left for this. So he's driving along, kind of peering through the smoke, paying more attention to, to Comet since he was trying to run Comet off the road. And then he suddenly turns and looks, and out of that smoke comes just the enormous rear end of this of this industrial vehicle, which is probably just like a bunch of like ladders and and hatches and stuff on the back of it. No, the rear end would be a backhoe. Oh, which visually, okay. I would love for him to have taken the time to tilt out the bucket so the tines are what crash through the front windshield. 
Okay, so he, he kind of turns in time to see the shape come out of the smoke, and then the first thing that he can make out clearly are these these tines of this, this backhoe bucket that punch straight through the, the windshield and hit him in the face. Uh, and the camera cuts away to a respectful distance as we see uh, Jones's vehicle come out of the back end of the of the smoke, just carrying this other car on its backhoe <laughs> and taking a bit of the heat off of Comet. I may upgrade this to actually have a tangle attack. That does. Everyone seems to love the tangle attacks, and that seems cool. It's they're they're pretty cool. I don't know if it's actually like I I think that. Mine is set up wrong so that it just destroys the car instantly. Is that something I'm going to have the opportunity to tweak before next time? Because I really didn't think that through. Yeah, we can we can adjust those numbers. You can we can have a mechanic scene where you're making it so that hopefully you're not just immediately destroying cars you hit with that harpoon. Because the the linked the linked part's the fun yes. part. That's. <laughs> All right, Vake. Uh, you are sitting in the passenger seat. Uh, this guy is not looking particularly well uh he's also being still being very noisy he's saying what the fuck i i i hit you with a shotgun blast point blank i'm going to attack again okay i have rolled a 12 he rolls an eight Hmm. so you hit solidly are you jabbing forward like you're spearing at him yes as hard as possible and this pole is short at the moment right it's it's kind of shrunk it is okay it has retracted so it's like you're kind of shoving at him with a, with a with a long baton. You crack him solidly in the face. His head falls out of the of the driver's side. And are you just going to keep pushing and push him all the way out of his car? Yes, ideally that would be great. All right, so you uh, you shove and he goes tumbling out onto the road. Karloff can look out his driver window and see this body rolling out of the lead car. <laughs> oh, I like him much better now. <laughs> and are you staying in this car? Yeah, I guess I will take over the wheel okay. and <laughs> try to drive this car. And your tank is just still kind of keeping pace. Are we sort of at the front then? Yeah, so so your tank and your car are at the front of, the, of this pack. Uh, there's Karloff, who's dragging a dead car behind him and has another live car gaining on him and then comet and jones are pretty near each other near that well that cloud of smoke has probably dissipated and gone behind you at this point and then beat it is gaining on them from behind i I may need to wait to do this but i'm gonna try and slow down a bit uh yeah i think i think probably you're just taking over the car takes up all your kind of movie stuff yeah i think so too but you do look ahead of you and there's a looming uh, highway interchange up ahead. It's a big clover leaf, and it looks like there is some sort of rubble blocking this highway just on the other side of the clover leaf. Excellent. So let's pause here and chat a bit out of character. So we've got a set of principles for this campaign. The first of them is save yourself. The world is your enemy. Be ruthless. Even your allies are expendable if it means fighting for another sunrise. And I think we've seen enough of your characters to know that, I mean, you you don't seem actively evil, but you do seem to be having fun killing these people. (laughs) There's a weird uh, amorality often to to role-playing, like even the good characters in a role-playing game often are like the the old joke of them being murder hobos or they they have very lax attitudes towards killing in in a your traditional D style game and then there's another stage that often happens which is to have an all-out evil campaign where your characters are being bad and i don't think that this is necessarily that but this is definitely at least uh, a hint of the anti-hero which is a, a popular trope in in post-apocalyptic stories what do you all think about playing characters which are decidedly not good and aren't making the ethical choices that you'd make in the real world wait we're not supposed to do this stuff in the real world <laughs> I do love smoking people out with my uh, with my diesel engine sometimes, but it's not usually on purpose. It's just fun when it happens. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I guess that's part of the the fun of role playing, right? You don't you don't have to be a bad person, um, but you can still explore that part of your your brain in a in a safe environment. I also, I mean, 
I don't, my character doesn't particularly enjoy the violence that they are inflicting. So I don't know that it's fun, but I mean, it is kind of cathartic in some ways, I guess, for me as the player. I think it's a comfort to me that I can just be playing this character who is nothing like me. I just can go crazy and have fun with this cartoon of a post-apocalyptic trope that I'm playing right now. And so that's a lot of fun. I have played characters quite recently, in fact, that are closer to me in personality. Uh And that can get into uh, more bleed and uh, other things that, that can sort of happen psychologically as a result, depending on what happens. Where you kind of start identifying with them closely. Yeah. And I don't think there's any danger of me doing that with Karloff. Yeah, he seems pretty pretty distinct from your day-to-day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, as far as he's concerned, even here, he's not as personally involved. He's just doing a job. From my character's perspective, a lot of this is is, you know, retaliation and getting revenge on friends and family that that he knew this gang uh, has hurt and killed in some time. So he's definitely not doing it for the quite the right reasons, but he's got that sort of, uh, we need to get rid of these guys and law systems take forever. So if there's just no body, then, well, the problem's solved. That's fair. You know. (laughs) It's not it's and, not the sort of ethical system we like to think we operate on, but it's certainly a com- very, very understandable motivation. Especially in, in the more post-apocalyptic world and, and him being more on the outskirts of society, I can definitely see the whole wasting time with people talking in rooms when we could just be out doing things. And I, I think the character in this scenario has actually been given a chance to escape the limitations even his normal world apply to him because there's there's no one around telling him he can't you know just go punch the people who are being jerks in the face do you identify with some part of that ben oh who doesn't who, who doesn't have people at some point in time in their life that they'd love to just be able to go over and deck i mean we we've all had antagonists in our personal lives Amen. <laughs> so for all of you, do you think that there's some, like, obviously there's some responsibility. What level of responsibility do you have when you're portraying these characters who are at least willing to, you know, aggressively kill people, whether you, they consider it justified or not? What level of responsibility do you have in portraying this story in a way that reflects your real life values? Or is this just escapist? Well, I'd say one of the fundamental things you have to remember is this is a game. Yeah. And if if your ability to tell the difference between your game and your game personas and your reality personas, you need to stop playing and probably get help. Yeah, but at the same time, like, there are... I, I think all of us have stories that we would not want to play through in a setting like this. So, like, how do you decide what the line is between what is okay to portray and what isn't? I had an interesting thought about it last night, actually, because um, I've been playing Undertale again. One of the things you can do in that game, I mean, you can fight and kill all of your enemies, or you can figure out other ways to get through. And um, so I'm trying to play completely through the game without killing anyone. And I was thinking about this game and about like how much possibility there feels like there is to to play that way. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, it doesn't feel like <laughs> that there is a way to play it. Although, I mean, that's probably a lack of imagination on my part (laughs) i think i think it would definitely like i don't know that your characters could at this point say no you know what what we're doing right now is wrong i'm just going to stop like that probably (laughs) wouldn't result in a cessation of this conflict i do feel as though as someone playing a game though i do at least have a responsibility to make sure that as best as best i can nothing that i do with my character is going to be something that's going to be 
uh, triggering or harmful to any of the other players or anybody else listening. I do try to keep that in mind as I'm portraying the character. I think it'll be interesting to see how our thoughts about like our characters' motivations and, and why they're making their decisions, I'd like to, to see if those evolve and change over the course of this story. But thanks for chatting with me about that. We will resume with you all heading towards this interchange that's up ahead. Uh, it looks like with the highway blocked, the, this main highway blocked, the crossroad doesn't look particularly intact, but the ramps themselves do. So you have a chance to uh, to redirect your travel and avoid uh, just crashing into the the rocks that are that are ahead of you. Um, but you won't have to worry about that for a little bit until the top of the next round. Karloff, I believe it was your turn. Mm -hmm. You see Vake ahead of you is is stable in that car. You're dragging a, okay. a car behind you and then kind of back in, into your left, over your left shoulder, uh, you can see another raider who's got her shotgun out and is, is pointing it at you. Okay, well, the driver with the shotgun has actually made it easier for me to do the thing that I was going to do. Uh, so that's going to be interesting, or at least we shall see. So I'm going to uh, pull, I'm going to tighten the cable up just a little bit on the car behind me, and I'm going to pull forward in front of the, uh, the vehicle driven by the shotgun-wielding gang member, and I'm just going to pull up just a little bit, maybe slow down just a hair as I tighten the cable once more, and then I'm going to release the cable and speed up. All right, so you're just trying to to drop this car right in front of him? Yeah, basically just trying to cause the this car to slam into the car being driven by the shotgun-wielding gang member. All right, this sounds like uh, we should do some contested drive rolls. All right, I have drive. They rolled an 11. Uh, you rolled a 19. You've both got specialties in your respective cars. You pull forward and drop this chain. Is your harpoon pulling out of that car, or are you attaching it on your end and, and letting it... I think I've just got more harpoons. Okay, so this this chain drops and, and drags along the ground. The driver that, that has been chasing you is, is swerving left and right to kind of try and get a little more space and a little more uh, resistance against this crash. But since you beat their roll by eight so they're going to slow down a bit but not enough and they're pulling back and pulling back almost even with the fancy hot rod driven by beat it and that dropped car which the engine is stopped nobody is is driving it slams into the front of their car and deals at that increment 30 damage so they are smashed hard um the driver looks like they're not dead, but they definitely are stunned by that impact and are um, pretty much out of the fight at this point because they're they're very very hurt. Excellent. And their car is is pretty much dead. So that was Karloff. At this point, Comet, your only opponent left is beat it. They're driving in that souped up car. Well, I am going to try to get behind sorry not behind in front of one of my allies that's larger and more heavily armored than i am and keep one of them in between me and uh and beat it right i think the best choice at this point if i have enough movement speed i'd love to get closer up to the front um yeah you could do a drive roll to try and pull ahead yeah all right so a 16 or a 17 oh so you got a 16 um so i think that you're able to pull ahead a bit you can definitely kind of put yourself up ahead of Jones to kind of get get Perfect. his armor there. But I think that Beat It is, is still keeping pace with you pretty well. Works for me. Anything else? I will, I guess, try to shoot at him with my light machine gun All right. that's mounted on a turret type thing on the top of my car, which I can control from inside. So I'll do that. All right. And he'll roll defense. 
You did an 18 to hit. He rolled 12 on his defense. So that means that you beat him by six. So you hit three times. Cool. And I also ignore 12 armor. Yeah, so you're doing a whole lot of damage with this and penetrating. So you uh, riddle his car pretty thoroughly with bullets. You've hit him kind of through the, the windshield, but not in any vulnerable places. Not not in any vital place. He's not immediately dead. Um, he's he's. You can see that he's bleeding. Um, shoulder. Uh, he may have like gotten a gut wound, um, but he's not like immediately out. But he's uh, looking very uh, very upset at his current situation, and his car is smoking and and has dropped in speed somewhat. You've hit something important in his engine area. He raises a fist and like beats on the the seat next to him hard and out from the back seat a younger looking gang member um sits up and stands up through the sunroof of the car and pulls out a very large rocket launcher nice next time on tabletop garden ego driver rockets that have been concealed in the undercarriage will suddenly burst forth and fire, lifting the vehicle. (laughs) I don't need to impress upon you the importance of this adjective choice. Is it slick or is it sticky? You guys just shrugged off all that damage like it was nothing. Gotta give me some pointers. Well, sir, I'm, I'm looking for some, some nice cigarette tobacco so I can roll some up myself. Hits cost double. Big Eyes, Small Mouth, third edition was created by Guardians of Order. The theme music for this campaign is Wasteland by Phantom Elite, available under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. For more Tabletop Garden and to subscribe to us, visit tabletop.garden. And to support the work I do, visit patreon.com slash Gregory Avery Weir.